Thank you very much. Our next panel is the Honorable Wayne Taylor, who's the Tribal Chairman of the Hopi Tribe, the Honorable Joe Shirley, who's the President of the Navajo Nation, and he is accompanied by uh, Mr. Louis Dennett Sosi, who is the Attorney General of the Navajo Nation, and our other witnesses, Mr. Roman Bitsui, who is the Executive Director of the Navajo Land, Hopi Land Commission office in Window Rock, Arizona. Well, uh, I don't know who is older between Chairman Taylor and President Shirley, but President Shirley looks older, so we'll begin with you. <laughs> Welcome to the witnesses. Thank you, sir. Good morning, uh, Chairman uh, Senator McCain and the rest of the members of the uh, committee. I thank you for the opportunity to discuss the Navajo Hopi Land Settlement Amendments for the committee this morning. My name is Joe Shirley, Jr., and I'm president of the Navajo Nation. The Navajo Nation last appeared before this committee regarding the Navajo Hopi land dispute in 1996. Since then, five Congresses and two administrations have had little interest in the Navajo Hopi land dispute. The Navajo Nation and the Hopi tribe during that same period have made significant progress by working in a more collaborative approach with each other to resolve aspects of the land dispute. This, these joint efforts between the Navajos and the Hopis appears to be moving both tribes to the conclusion of the land dispute. Following passage of the Navajo Hopi Land Dispute Settlement Act of 96 and this committee's consideration in the 104th Congress of S2111, a bill with similar intent to this bill, there has been no action by this committee regarding the land dispute. I welcome this opportunity to discuss the current status of these matters with the committee. Navajo Nation understands from the introductory comments of Chairman McCain that he is concerned that the relocation process has cost far more than originally estimated and taken too long to complete. The Navajo Nation vigorously opposed the Navajo Hopi Land Settlement Act of 1974 before its passage and actively sought its repeal for years afterwards. The Navajo Nation unfortunately failed in these efforts. Had the Navajo Nation been successful, the Navajo people would have been spared a tremendous harm and the federal government would have been spared a great expense. That said, now that the Navajo people have had to live through the nightmare of relocation, we do not think federal budgetary issues alone should be a basis for limiting funds to complete the program and doing so in a way that brings humanity to what has otherwise been an inhumane process. The chairman is concerned with cost. I asked the committee to consider how they would estimate the cost of moving an entire town and how they would value the economic and social upheavals such a move would impose. This is what happened to the 12,000 Navajos who lost their land, their livelihood, and their identity. 12,000 people, approximately the population of Kingman, Arizona. How much would it cost to relocate the entire population of Kingman to the Phoenix area? One billion dollars? Two billion dollars? How long would it take if the funds were appropriated bit by bit over 30 years? What would be the impact if the land these people were expected to relocate to was already populated? What would happen if these people suddenly had to unlearn their skills as farmers and learn to survive in a cash economy? How long would it be too long? 
How much would be too much? Let me answer that to you. Half a billion dollars would be too much, and 31 years would be too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my response to you, Mr. Ch- Mr. President. Mm-hmm. And I think most of my citizens, including your uh, constituents, mm-hmm. would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Since 1996, the Navajo Nation and the Hopi Tribe have settled three major pieces of legislation, litigation. The use case that arose from 25 U.S.C. 6. 640D-1782, the damage case that arose from the 25 U.S.C. 640D-1783, and the tax case that arose from 25 U.S.C. 640D-7, and the continued joint ownership of minerals between the Navajo Nation and the Hopi Tribe. The use and damage cases concluded in 1999 when the Navajo Nation paid the Hopi Tribe $29.1 million, and the Hopi provided the nation with satisfaction of judgment in both the use and damage cases. Nothing remains of these lawsuits. Similarly, in 2002, the Navajo Nation and the Hopi tribe settled a tax case with a significant payment, equal to one half of the taxes from the Black Mesa mine through 2007 were paid by the nation to the Hopi tribe. Currently, with some assistance from the Office of Navajo and Hopi Indian Relocation, OHNIR, the Hopi tribe and the Navajo Nation are near resolving the final aspects of relocation without any Navajo evictions on the Hopi partition land. One of the more significant issues presented by S-1003 in relation to this potential for forced evictions is one of timing. Currently, S-1003 requires OHNIR to certify eligibility of all outstanding claims by September 30, 2005. I understand that this date will be revised to September 30, 2008. Such a change should avoid the need for any forced relocation of Navajos because the contemplated agreement can be implemented. Ideally, if more time is needed to complete these efforts, with the specter of eviction, that time should be afforded. This is especially true for interested parties are working together to complete difficult tasks. S-1003 raises other areas of specific concern, including first, rehabilitation efforts should be focused on the Navajo partition land. The NPL Navajo communities have borne much of the cost of the relocation having absorbed thousands of relocatees in their livestock in an area that has long been at or over capacity. The NPL's extremely limited infrastructure already overtaxed by the influx of relocatees was further constrained by the construction freeze that was in place from 63 until approximately 1979. This infrastructure continues to be grossly insufficient to meet the current needs resulting from the relocation law. Second, the relocation law currently authorizes the commissioner to make grants which significantly assist the commissioner or assist the Navajo tribe or Hopi tribe in meeting the burdens of the law. S-1003 would strike this provision, but this is the very provision that provides ONHIR the flexibility to address the needs of families and communities as they arise. Pursuant to this provision, the Navajo Nation has proposed various projects such as the community center for the Navajo families that have signed accommodation agreements with the Hopi tribe range and road improvement, power line extensions, and some housing improvement for heavily impacted NPL host families. Third, the Navajo land selections in New Mexico should not be prejudiced. Section 107C of S1003 provides that the authority of the commissioner to select lands in New Mexico shall terminate on September 30, 2008. Since the commissioner's authority would terminate on that date, it is not clear that this authority would continue in the new office of relocation at the Department of the Interior. The Navajo Nation has not yet completed its new Mexico land selections due largely to circumstances beyond its control. Completion of some of these, those selections is the subject of legislation introduced in this Congress. 
specifically S-692, the Bistra PRLA Dispute Resolution Act. The Navajo Nation is concerned that this provision in S-1003 could impact that selection process and potentially prejudice Navajo interests. This authority should be carried over to the, into the Department of the Interior if the selections are not completed by September 30, 2008. Fourth, the transfer of ONHIR's responsibilities to the Department of the Interior. ONHIR has developed critical and hard-won experience in working on and near the Navajo Nation and is ideally suited to addressing the rehabilitation of the Bennett and statutory freeze areas. Based on this institutional knowledge, ONHIR should not be eliminated, although it certainly can be downsized. I strongly believe that all Navajos want to put their land to sleep with the Hopis behind and move forward. In order for the nation to do that, the final task is that will complete relocation in a just and humane fashion must be accomplished. One alternative approach that the committee may want to consider rather than S-1003 as presently crafted would be to evaluate and enumerate all the tasks that ONHIR needs to perform to finish its tasks with input from the Navajo Nation and the Hopi tribe, then set out a reasonable time frame to accomplish those tasks. That time frame could be used as a period that begins after passage of the legislation to complete the tasks identified. Such an approach may not have worked prior to 1996 but in the present collaborative era of the nation, ONHIR, and the Hopi tribe can devise a plan to take these final steps. The Navajo Nation wants us to speed behind us, but we do not want to leave individuals behind. In addition to my comments, the Navajo Nation Attorney General has prepared comments on certain specific legal issues presented by S-103. Those matters are also a special concern because of their impact on cases currently pending in the courts or the impact these provisions may have on individuals seeking relocation benefits. Roma Bitsui, the Executive Director at the Navajo Hopi Land Commission Office, will discuss the efforts of the office to serve the relocatees in the Bennett Freeze area. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you. Then, before we go with you, Chairman Taylor, we'll go with Mr. Bitsui since it follows. Uh, go ahead. Mr. Attorney General, please proceed. I mean, Mr. Bitsui, the Executive Director. Please go ahead. Chairman McCain, Ranking Member Dorgan, and members of the Senate Committee on Indian Affairs, thank you for this opportunity to comment on the Navajo Hopi Land Settlements Amendment of 2005. The introduction of S-1003 provides an important and timely opportunity to address the status of the Navajo Hopi land dispute and the benefits. It also provides an important opportunity to focus attention on the need of developing a plan for the orderly and humane completion of the relocation law, including implementation of a rehabilitation program for affected areas and communities. I am from the Hard Rock chapter of the Navajo Nation, which was divided in half between the Hopi partition land and the Navajo partition lands. I can testify firsthand to the many hardships resulting from the relocation law. In 1989, I became the executive director of the Navajo Hopi Land Commission Office, the Navajo entity responsible for dealing with all Navajo and Hopi land-related matters. Every day, Navajo tribal members come into my office to tell me of the hardships that they have suffered because of the relocation law including lots of young people who, families, relocated and now are homeless and landless. 
the impact that the land dispute will be with the Navajo Nation for many generations to come. Although we may not agree on everything that will be discussed today, I'm sure that we can agree that relocation has been a fiasco. At the cost of nearly $500 million, the federal government has destroyed the subsistent lifestyle of the thousands of Navajos, uprooted whole communities, and left the Navajo Nation and the Navajo people to bear much of the burden of addressing the extraordinary economic, social, and sociological consequences of relocation. If the Navajo Nation could have its dream bill, it would overturn the relocation law and provide for a right of return for affected Navajo families. Of course, we know that this is not going to happen. Still, our spiritual ties to the land run deep, and it would be a betrayal of our beliefs if I did not again remind the committee of the nature of the sacrifice of Navajo families who have left their ancestral lands had to make. From the beginning, federal policy in this area has been plagued by a lack of understanding of the true situation of the land. When the 1882 Executive Order Reservation was established, it was an arbitrary drawn rectangle, one degree of long longitude wide by one degree of latitude high, containing both Navajo and Hopi populations. In the early 1970s, when the relocation law was under consideration, the federal government grossly underestimated the cost of relocation, again because they did not take the time to understand properly the situation on the land. Now with the relocation process approaching its end, it is critically important to not repeat past mistakes and take action without proper understanding of the situation. We urge that a study be undertaken to assess the impact of the relocation law and to serve as a policy and fact-based tool for developing a humane closure plan. The Navajo Nation began pushing for a study in the mid-1990s. In the 107th Congress, this committee actually considered two pieces of legislation that would have provided for such a study. Unfortunately, Hopis opposed the study provision and it was dropped. If either of these initiatives had been acted upon, we would be sitting here today with quantifiable data about what has transpired and what is needed to close out the relocation in a humane manner. Well, we do not have the empirical data, but we do have loads of anecdotal information that tell us that many relocated families have been traumatized and suffer from a much higher incidence of alcoholism, poverty, suicide, depression, and physical illness than the rest of the local population. In addition, the burden of caring for these families has fallen on the surrounding communities as well as the Navajo Nation. In my written testimony, I, I described the, at length the hardships imposed by the relocation law and the related construction freeze. Further funding of the Navajo Rehabilitation Trust Fund should be undertaken to complete its mission of addressing impacts from the relocation law. The nation has viewed the trust fund as a resource for addressing unforeseen and unintended consequences of the land dispute, not only over the short term, but also over the long term. When initially created through the 1980 amendments to the act, it was presumed that the authorized amount of $60 million would provide a significant start 
subsequently invested to address the impact of the relocation law. It would then be supplemented on an ongoing basis by the development of Paragon Ranch Energy Resources. However, the Navajo Nation received only $16 million through the trust fund. The fund itself has generated about $8 million in interest, thus the total value of the fund to the Navajo Nation has been about $24 million. The Navajo Nation has expended approximately $13 million since 1999 and currently has obligated for near-term expenditure another $2 million, leaving about $9 million in the trust fund, roughly the amount of interest earned on the account. Of the $9 million, about $8.3 million has been committed for the purchase of land in Arizona, some 13,000 acres remaining to complete the land selection provision in Section 640D10A2 of the current law. As you know, when the 1882 was partitioned, the Navajo Nation lost 911,000 acres of land upon which Navajo families resided and only received as compensation 250,000 acres, plus a right to purchase up to 150 acres. Land is extremely important in Navajo culture. The commitment to purchase additional land with trust fund monies falls within the statutory requirement of the law, which is that the monies are solely for purposes which will contribute to continuing rehabilitation and improvement of the economic, educational, and social condition of families and Navajo communities affected by the law's provision. The Navajo Nation has considered and is currently considering several properties. However, because it is critically important that any newly acquired lands truly benefit the affected Navajo families, the Navajo Nation is exercising due caution. Until the land purchase are made, the Navajo Nation is using the interest from the trust fund to pay for all ongoing projects to mitigate the effects of the relocation. We were encouraged by Senate S1003 would authorize additional appropriation for the trust fund. We now understand that this was a mistake. We would ask that the trust fund, in fact, be reauthorized and that it receive full funding and that the obligation of the Navajo Nation to repay the Navajo Rehabilitation Trust Fund be lifted. The coal resource at the Paragon Ranch were to be the source of funds to repay the United States. However, Paragon Ranch has not been developed as expected and, to, and no significant development is anticipated in the foreseeable future. Notably, because of the lawsuit authorized by the relocation law which created unexpected liabilities of the Navajo Nation, the Navajo Nation has already paid the Hopi tribe approximately $40 million to settle several cases. The Navajo Nation is not in a position to pay back the trust fund. The greatest cost of the relocation program has been housing, the majority of which has been complete. The cost that remains relate to items that support the relocation process or assist the Navajo tribe or Hopi tribe in meeting the burden imposed by the relocation law and are therefore very important. Unfortunately, only a small fraction, a fraction of the budget of the Office of Navajo Indian Relocations has been spent on this important component of the relocation process. We believe that the United States must finish the job with regard to Navajo Hopi land dispute and ensure that all those who have been adversely affected by the relocation law have a chance at a decent life. As a matter of comparison, I would like to note that the entire cost of the federal government over the last 36 years of the Navajo Hopi land dispute is roughly equal to what the United States spends in Iraq every 36 hours. 
Another high priority of the Navajo Nation is rehabilitating the Bender Freeze area. And I um, do support the statement that has been made by the Chairman and, and Senator Inouye regarding that. Due to a 39-year federal construction freeze, the Bender Freeze Navajos are the poorest of the poor. We hope that all parts of the freeze will be lifted in the near future and true rehabilitation of this area can begin. I am happy to learn from your staff of your support for addressing this issue. The sooner we can develop a specific approach, the better. It would make sense to use the Office of Navajo Hopi Indian Relocation to carry out the benefits rehabilitation as they have garnered hard-won expertise at working in the western Navajo area. Of course, there should be no forced relocation of Navajo families. About eight Navajo families who continue to live on HPL have refused to sign the accommodation agreement. There is real hope that arrangement among the parties can be made to allow these families to remain on their ancestral land. We believe S-1003 should support this approach rather than reinforce the deeply troubling idea that the Navajo families will be forcibly removed from land that they have called home for generations. We urge the Senate Committee on Indian Affairs to schedule a hearing on the Navajo Nation in order to facilitate participation by the people most affected by the land dispute and to provide the opportunity to visit to affected areas and families in order to deepen the committee's understanding of the long-lasting effect of this relocation law. Thank you for your consideration of these remarks. I look forward to working with the committee as it considers S-1003. Thank you. Thank you very much. Chairman Taylor, welcome. Uh, Mr. Attorney General, did you have an opening statement? It better be a short one. Thank you, Senator McCain, members of the uh, Senate Committee on Indian Affairs. I would just like to uh, summarize my testimony. Um, and Without objection, your full statement will be made part of the record. Submitted uh, written testimony for the record. Uh, I'd just like to address about four aspects of the uh, legislation. I think that on the uh, existing land claims litigation between the two tribes, we would agree with the committee, and also I've had a chance to review Chairman Taylor's testimony, that uh, the legislation should not amend uh, the, the laws with respect to that uh, ongoing litigation, specifically the so-called OLP case. That case is near completion, and, and we just need to complete that. Judgments have been entered twice by the Court of Appeals, and that should just continue. And that's Section 2 of the bill that should just be deleted. With regard to 640D11 F and G, uh, the legislation creates two offices, and I think that this causes a lot of confusion for everyone concerned. Uh, the Department of Interior office should follow sequentially after the uh, Navajo Open, Hopi Indian Relocation Office is uh, taken out of commission. Uh, with regard to 640D13D and 640D14I. Uh, we do have a problem with the September 30, 2005 date for close of certification. We understand that uh, that will be extended uh, to 2008, and we would agree with that. And finally, uh, the court, uh, the legislation creates a, a new appeals process to take the uh, appeals of benefit certifications to the Court of Appeals. 
We believe that's unnecessarily cumbersome, probably not the best use of judicial resources, and we believe that the current procedure should be kept in place to allow for appeal to the federal district court. And with that, uh, Senator, I agree with you. A lot of uh, good men have tried to resolve this dispute, and I think the dispute's proven to be bigger than any of them. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Attorney General. And uh, I'd like to say that um, we'd like to be in close communication with you as we move forward with developing this legislation, particularly in the form of amendments. And I thank you for those recommendations. They sound like they are very important and helpful ones. And thank you for being here today. Yes, and we look forward to working with the staff on that during the break. Thank you, sir. Chairman Taylor, welcome. Thank you, uh, Chairman McCain. I hope your tribe appreciates the opportunity to, be for, to appear before you today to offer testimony on Senate Bill 1003. My name is Wayne Taylor, Jr. I am the democratically elected chairman of the Hopi Tribe of Arizona. The tribe has submitted written testimony in reply to specific provisions of S1003. The Hopi Tribe is grateful for the committee's effort in attempting to bring to a close the long struggle by the Hopi people to both protect our ab aboriginal lands from encroachment and secure jurisdictional control over those lands. The Hopi people have lived on our northeastern Arizona homeland since ancient times. Our original reservation of more than 2.6 million acres, established in 1882 by executive order of then-President Chester Arthur, was only a small portion of our aboriginal homeland. Since that time, because of encroachment by the Navajo and action and inaction by the United States, we have lost over 40% of our reservation. We are today completely surrounded by the Navajo Nation, which overlaps three states. Many of our sacred and archaeological sites are no longer on the Hopi lands. The Navajo Hopi Indian Settlement Act of 1974 was intended to resolve more than a century of land disputes between Hopi and Navajo nations. It partitioned disputed lands and required Hopi and Navajo to relocate off property that belonged to one or one tribe or the other. Hopi people years ago moved off disputed Navajo land. However, more than 30 years after passage of the 1974 Act, we are still waiting for the Navajo to move off Hopi land. S-1003 should not rewrite existing dispute resolution provisions between the Hopi tribe and the Navajo Nation. Section 102 of S-1003 could undo years of litigation between the Hopi and Navajo in the courts of the United States. The bill affects the OLTI lawsuit provision of the 1974 Act by changing the OLTI de decision maker from the Federal District Court to the Secretary of Interior. The bill also changes how OLTI is calculated. The OLTI case was decided at the district court level by two judgments, both of which were appealed to the Ninth Circuit, Ninth Circuit court, court of Appeals. The case is now on remand to the District Court for further proceedings. The Hopi tribe opposes any changes to the OLD provision of the 1974 Settlement Act. S-1003 is intended to complete the work of reloc relocating Navajo off Hopi lands and closed the Office of Navajo Hopi Indian Relocation by 2008. We certainly welcome those goals. 
which under the settlement, the 1996 Settlement Act, were supposed to be completed in 2000. However, we are concerned that the deadline will prejudice the rights and interests of the Hopi tribe. S1003 will be effective only so long as it enables the Hopi tribe to retain complete jurisdiction over all its reservation lands as provided in the 74 Act. S1003 states that relocation duties remaining after 2008 be turned over to the Department of Interior, Bureau of Indian Affairs. The Hopi tribe believes all relocation be completed before the office is closed. We do not believe the BIA, which is already overburdened, is equipped to handle relocation. In addition, the BIA has trust responsibility to both the Hopi and Navajo nations. Injecting the BIA into the relocation matter may be a breach of the federal trust responsibility the BIA has to both tribes. The Hopi tribe fears that provisions of S1003 may delay final relocation. The bill provides that relocation funds may be placed into, the, into a trust for heirs of those who refuse to relocate, rewarding them for continued illegal occupation of Hopi lands. While the bill establishes removal eviction requirements, it leaves much to the discretion of the U.S. Attorney. Eviction should be mandatory and deadline, deadlines for appeals should not stretch the process beyond 2008. Finally, we are concerned that the Office of Relocation receives sufficient time and funding necessary to complete its work. Certification deadlines for applying for relocation benefits must be reasonable and not arbitrary as to encourage legal challenges and other delays. Congress must provide the Office of Relocation with funding necessary for such substantive work as building houses for relocated families. My people are faced with many challenges, uh, Senator, some of which you've uh, described. High unemployment, inadequate housing, lack of economic development on a semi-arid and remote homeland, and the erosion of our culture, traditions, and our way of life. We are faced with a very real thirst for survival. Too much of our time and resources have been spent in a seemingly endless struggle to preserve and protect what has been ours for two millennium, what is most precious to us than life itself, our homeland. The Hopi people ask that this committee help us to, in ending this tortured chapter in our existence so that we may finally move on to the creation of a viable homeland for future generations. Chairman McCain, uh, let me again thank you and members of this esteemed committee for this opportunity to testify before you today. Uh, wait for any questions.